Welcome to Danny Houlihan's Irish Experience Podcast. Join Danny on a journey through the historical island of Ireland, its people and the wild Atlantic Way, which is Ireland's last frontier. Experience the music and the culture that makes up the longest coastal driving route in the world. Now, please welcome your host, Danny Houlihan. Welcome to the Wild Atlantic Way and Danny Houlihan's Irish Experience Show. I hope you're all keeping well and safe. In this episode, I will take a short journey back into the old faded newspaper clippings of the day of long ago in the year of 1908 and get a sense of the developing seaside town of Ballybonion, its history, scenery and its people and the way the media highlighted the place. Also the development of a power station and the impact on the seaside resort at that time. Pardon the pun, folks, and turn the light on the subject in a faded Kerry Evening Star newspaper. In September 1908, a satirical account of Ballybunner was given. The article went on to praise the beautiful, charming seaside resort, as usual, and welcomed both males and females to the famous beaches and its surrounding countryside but issued a few well-chosen words of encouragement to the people of the town on improvement of the area, which should be noted and carried out. It gives us an insight into the seaside town of Ballybunion at the dawn of the 1900s. Gone are individuals such as the famed musician Piper Thomas McCarthy, whose haunting melodies and airs enchanted all to be heard on the famous Castle Green, were now gone with faded memories in the breeze. The famous Castle Green, according to the newspapers, in previous centuries, quote, was ranked by Elizabethan forces under Captain Harvey with a clumsy cauldron. Not to mention the clumsy landlord who put black powder to blow it up, old Georgie from Innesmore. The Grand Cave, he pondered in the early days, was a place for those to wander in awe at its beauty which, according to historians of the day, were, quote, inspiring Alfred Lord Tennyson and Merlin and Vivienne wrote therein. So dark a forethought rolled about his brain, as on a dull day in an ocean cave, the blind wave feeding around his long sea hall in Salem. The parish church of St. John's was highlighted, and its construction and design, as similar to the new church in Knock County Mayo at the time. But my friend, he finishes with a whack at the seaside resort. The old Lartig monorail was in for criticism. Quote, In those days, to ride in one of those merry-go-round boat outside cars between Listowel and Ballybunnen, when a loophead shower kept playing at you like a cooperative garden hose most of the way. Unquote. Ballybunnen, according to the report of the day, could be enhanced massively by a bridge to County Clare. Hmm, that's interesting, but financially impossible and more sandals with eagles' nests. That blows the mind. The addition of more ivy-clad castles and ruins on the dune side of Ballybunion. There was one there at one point at Dune Point, but a local landlord had grubbed out his cutstones and used it for a cliff ditch, a rope bridge spanning Dune Bay to the Virgin's Rock. That has been spoken about even to this day, with the location of a few she-beans located on the chimneys. A bar near the Virgin's Rock blows the imagination 
and every health and safety regulation, I should say. Chain a few polar bears in the pigeon cave for all to admire and see. Make a monkey box out of the coach house, which is now Pukini Castle. A serpent could perform twice daily in the Nine Daughters Cave, or as we know it today, the Nine Daughters Hole, and a few singing mermaids would add to the orchestra. This was to be funded at that time, quote, by the Old Pensions Act. He finishes by appealing for funds from the government and other sources to secure the building of a pier in Ballybunion, or build it without anyone knowing it. The pier in question is still being spoken of, even to this day, with a warning to all to heed his advice before he would return, or as he put it, the sexes male and female visitors. Old newspaper clippings of the time. I hope you enjoyed that bit. So did I. From the depths of darkness there was light. A statement made by local people in Ballybunion, in the resort at that time, which was emerging from the Civil War. There was a push to light the town and enhance the lives of so many of its people and its tourism potential. We read in the local newspaper clippings, which are in their own right informative of the time, that the moment had come to light the town due to its popularity with the visitors and the fact that many visitors had verbally complained about the lack of light. As one man said, the Lord gave light, and Ballybunnan needed to create some. One comment, which was made to me many years ago by an old friend, who has now since passed away, said, quote, It was like entering the town of the dead. It was so depressing, dreary and dark. During those long winter nights, the only activity on the main street was courting couples and stray dogs fighting, unquote. This guy was a character. Ballybunnan had many locals at that time who wanted light and modern comforts. So a group was founded and wrote to the ESB for the famous seaside resort to be connected to the new Shannon scheme. This was not accepted by the authority due to the immense cost and was not on the cards. This did not put off the Ballybunnan committee which held more meetings, more meetings and more meetings in the local hall to push the project forward. On the 25th of February, in the year of 1934, another meeting was chaired by the Reverend Canon Fuller, parish priest of the area. There was an air of hope and optimism from all attending the meeting before the opening of the new season concerning electrification. One report of the time is that one individual stood up at the start of the meeting and shouted at everyone, For God's sake, give us light! Once the laughter had subsided, the meeting commenced. Attending the meeting was a Mr. Cantwell of the Ampere Electrical Lighting Company, who was responsible for installing the lighting system in Listowel, which was at that stage proving well in its operational structure. During the meeting in Ballybunion, Mr. Cantwell related to the floor, quote, that with a subscription of £1,500 raised, with 50 subscribers, the scheme could proceed in the town. Unquote. The meeting was a success, with the new committee being formed to drive the project forward. This active committee went door to door in Ballybunion, like a general election team in full swing. The response from the town and its people to the idea was a positive one, which drove the committee forward. With the finances raised and the shares allocated, the new Ballybunion Electrical Supply Company was now on the brink of history. Note. I have a copy of the share cert issued as a source of reference. The new electrical plant building was constructed on Church Road 
in the present field where the Tintown Theatre now stands. Work commenced with local labour employed erecting all the lighting poles and wiring which was erected in the town with a total of 26 street lamps to light the famous seaside resort. From the history of the event we read, quote, A total of 20 local people were employed in the construction of the Ballybunham plant which on the 1st of July 1934 powered up. The final cost of the project was £2,000 which was raised by the local community to augment the project which was now up and running. Ballybunion went from being a dark, frightening place at night during the winter months to a bright, modern town. This advanced the seaside resort onto another level and made its residents very happy. Not the courting couples who had to take their late-night activities to the Santos and Beach, followed, I should say, in hot pursuit by the stray dogs. However, these romantic rendezvous would be halted by the local parish priest over time, and that included the stray dogs who eventually would be locked in a secure compound at Half-Owner, known as The Pound. They would eventually escape and cause havoc in the resort. Well, that's another story. It should be noted that in 1914, through the Great War, there were three huge generators at the wireless station on Santler Road, which, according to engineers I have spoken to, produced more electricity at that time than would have powered the town of Tralee. Why were they all taken away? Surely one of them could have been used to power the town's electricity. There was no foresight, but all were stripped and shipped and moved to Scotland, leaving Ballybunnan in the Dark Ages. I will look into this aspect in another podcast. One funny story that was related to me many years ago about the famous electrical plant by a local man. His grandfather ran a bar in Ballybunnan. One morning, a local woman, while in the bar, related to the landlord, Oh, you had a very busy night last night, she stated. You sold 30 pints of Guinness, two bottles of wine and 30 small whiskies. Good God, how do you know that? replied the barman. Well, she replied, every time you hit the keys on the till, depending on how hard you hit them, the lights in the entire town blinked. Does everyone knew what you sold? Good God, he said. The till was drawing too much power, thus dimming the lights in the entire town of Ballybunion and every household. I should add, this blackout was the only opportunity that the courting couples had to embrace during one of these partial blackouts. It was of a very short duration. I mean the blackout. The plant operated for many years until the full electrification of the area was introduced. The building remained idle for years. My late father used to house an old donkey in it and described the structure as having large glass bottles for acid to power the station. I hope you've enjoyed our short visit back to the old seaside town of Ballybunion and its famous power station. I will be back again in the future with more tales from the old seaside resort. But for now, Sloan. Bye. Thanks for listening to our show. Through its people, its heritage and its rugged coastline, this is truly Danny Houlihan's Irish experience. Bye for now.